Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. So in that last session, we began to look at intimacy and I asked you to pray that one simple little prayer, Father, I want to know you more. Well, we're going to add two more sentences in this session to your prayer assignment overnight. So uh, if you've got a little notebook there, write this down. Prayer homework. Number one, you're going to pray, Father, I want to know you more. Because now we want to move from intimacy to intercession. And we need to explain a little bit about what that means. So if you've got your Bibles there, open up to Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, in verse 1, it starts like this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. Oh, look at that. Now we've just spent all that last session looking at the prayer life of Jesus. And here he is again off praying on his own. And look What happens next? As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, and here's the second part of your prayer homework. And Jason's already said this a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again. Lord, teach us to pray. These guys had begun to connect the dots. They'd watched Jesus' prayer life. They'd seen how often he went off on his own. And when he came back, he was refreshed, on track with his priorities set. And generally, really cool stuff happened afterwards. These were just fishermen. They they were the North Queenslanders of Australia. And I don't know if you've ever been to North Queensland, but it's quite different than down here. Hey. No, you don't, no, no, no. That's every, every sentence ends in A. It's real different, A. Yeah. And uh, they're a bunch of, well, we're a bunch of rednecks up there, A. And uh, in North Queensland, we don't care about what happens in the rest of Australia, A. They can all go jump in the lake, or words like that. Because uh, up in North Queensland, very independent. And this is how the conversation goes. And I need you to understand this because these guys who are coming and asking Jesus, teach us to pray, are just like that, a bit rough around the edges. Up there in North Queensland, it goes like this. Ah, listen, them southerners all come up here and trample all over our stuff, dig out all our minerals, take all our money away, go back down south and spend it on their highways and freeways and on movie world and dream world and whatever, and look at our roads, they're all full of potholes. Look at that up here. Nobody cares, eh? Tell you what, we're going to draw a line across Australia and anything north of Rockhampton, God's own country, everything south, go jump in the lake. That's how it thinks up there. If you wanted to describe biblical Galileans, and this is who the the disciples are, that's exactly how you would describe them. And it's these fellows that come to Jesus, having watched his prayer life, and said, teach us to pray. You got that written down? Because 
you need to understand what they're actually asking. Because if you know your Bible, you will know that in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent out 12 of them to go heal the sick and cast out demons and declare the kingdom of God is here. And in Luke chapter 10, he sent 72 out and said, go preach the gospel, pray for the sick and cast out demons. They already knew how to pray for healing and to pray to cast out demons. Did you hear that? They already knew how to do that. They are asking something different here. You see that? They already knew that. Teach us to pray. And then Jesus teaches them something we call the Lord's Prayer. How does that start? Uh, say that again. Oh, look at that word. Look at that word. Our Father. So when they came to be taught in prayer, the first thing Jesus taught them was intimacy with their Father. Then it shifts. Go down now to verse 5. You know the rest of the Lord's Prayer. You've all set it off by rote, haven't you, before? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, all that kind of stuff. You know that? Yeah, yeah. Here's a bit that we don't generally talk about because it's too complicated. Go down to verse 5. And I want to read this out to you from the New Living Translation. Because remember, they've asked Jesus to teach them to pray and he teaches them the Lord's Prayer and then he gives them a parable, a story with a meaning. And let's listen to it. The New Living Translation is very helpful for this parable here. Otherwise, you kind of get really lost and you go, what on earth is this talking about? Listen to this. Luke 11, verse 5. Then, teaching them more about prayer. Hello? This is a teaching about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Oh, how interesting is that? This is a teaching about prayer did you get it most of us don't because it's a weird kind of story you go hang on there's a friend at midnight and he's asking for another friend and then the friend's knocking and the friend's in bed and the friend's hungry and no i don't understand this well i tell you we're gonna we're gonna act this out for you so you get it because this is a profound teaching on intercession so kathy's going to come and volunteer now we've got to keep this for the camera so you'll have to stand here in front of me nice and close and Jason, you're going to volunteer and you're going to stand over here. And I've gone blank on your wife's name again. Trina, you're going to volunteer as well, thanks. And you're going to stand just here. Can you get everybody in the camera? Yep, we will. Good. Okay. Now, they're a bit closer than I'd like, but we'll, we'll figure this out. Now, in this story that Jesus told, there are three people in the story. There's Jason here who uh, goes on a long trip and turns up 
at Kathy's house, totally unannounced. No text, no message, no email, no Twitter, no nothing. And he's hungry as a horse. Okay? That's Jason. Kathy. <laughs> yeah, Kathy has. Well, actually, Kathy would love to care for Jason because she has a heart for other people, but there's nothing in the cupboards. And, and in this story, there's Trina, who doesn't like to be woken up late at night and has a pantry overflowing with food. Okay, you got, these are the, these are the three stories. So here's how the story goes. Jason knocks on Kathy's door at some unearthly hour. You can knock. And Kathy opens it up and welcomes a long-lost friend. Oh, wonderful. How I haven't seen you for ages. Why didn't you tell me you were coming? And, and, and Jason happens to mention that he's hungry as a horse and he hasn't eaten for a week. Um, and, and, and did she have anything to eat? And Kathy goes, oh, no. She looks around. There's not a thing anywhere. And, and IGA's closed and they'll even a little star mart that's open. You know, it's still, everything's closed. But then, see, Kathy has a heart to care. For, she wants to give him what he needs, but she does not have what he needs. But what she does have is a friend, Trina, who she knows has a pantry full of food. So she goes and pounds on her door and wakes her up bleary-eyed and angry and upset and I don't want to get out of bed. But eventually she gets up out of bed, eventually. And Kathy explains the story. I've got a friend, he's come at midnight and I can't feed him and I want to, but I know you've got everything. And so would you, can you help me please? Can you give what he needs? And she says, yes, ultimately, because she wants to go back to bed and wants to get rid of Kathy. <laughs> so Kathy can now come back and give Jason what he needs. Okay, pause there for a moment. You got the story? Jesus was teaching about prayer. In this story, one of these people is an intercessor, somebody asking on another person's behalf. Who is that person in these three? Kathy is the intercessor. All that word means is asking on someone else's behalf. So who has the need? Jason. Who has what Jason needs? Trina. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I pick my act as well, obviously. Jason has a need. Trina has what Jason needs. Kathy goes on Jason's behalf to plead for his needs. Do you see this? 
And it's only because Kathy actually has a relationship with Trina that she can come at midnight and plead shamelessly for someone else's needs. You see that? So this is intercession. Going to your heavenly father on someone else's behalf. Does your heavenly father have what Albury Wodonga needs? Do they know that they can ask? Who will stand in the gap and plead on their behalf? Did you hear that word I used? Stand in the gap. Notice the gap between the person in need and the person who has what they... See the gap there? This is intercession standing in the gap you got that now let me push you one more step can you tell me the name of the person who stood in the gap between a sin-filled world and a righteous holy god and pleaded for their forgiveness who did that Ah, you see, this is the work of the cross. That's why Jesus ever lives to intercede. I'm just quoting Hebrews 7. And that's why Paul can say, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding asking on our behalf do you see that now let me push you again are you alive or dead who lives in you oh and jesus ever lives to intercede so guess what your ministry might be intercession thank you you can have a seat now I want you to notice that I did not use the word you have a gift of intercession. Do you notice that? It's a ministry. Why? Because it's the ministry of Jesus. That's his ongoing ministry. And he ever lives to intercede. And we've died and he lives in us Therefore, we are standing in the gap on behalf of others. Do you get that? Now, just in case you don't, open up to Ezekiel chapter 22. I want to push you on this so you really get it. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. This is God speaking here. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. Is the wall of righteousness around Albury Wodonga in bad shape? Or is it just really perfect and awesome and it's just a really wonderful, righteous, holy community? Well, listen, friends, if 
If the community's wanting a strip club outside the police station, I can tell you things aren't right here. God is looking for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness in Albury-Wodonga. It guards the community. It guards the land. I'll keep reading, halfway through verse 30. I searched, this is the Lord, for someone to stand in the gap in the wall. You've already agreed the wall of righteousness is down. God has two ministries here. The rebuilders of the wall and the standers in the gap. That's not really a word, but you know what I mean. He's looking for someone to stand in the gap and plead on behalf of Albury Wodonga. Why am I talking about Albury Wodonga? Because my friends, this is your home. This is where God has placed you. This is your mission field. And he's asking, he's looking who will stand in the gap. Same expression again in Isaiah 59 verses 15 and 16. The Lord is looking for someone to stand in the gap. Jesus explained that to us. So when the disciples came to Jesus in Luke 11 and said, teach us to pray, he taught them more than the Lord's Prayer. He taught them the principles of of intercession. Did these rough larrikins from Galilee learn well about prayer? Did they? Hmm? Yes? No? Not sure? Well, they did fall asleep when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, didn't they? <clears throat> But by the time we get to the book of Acts, something had changed. Would you like to know what that is? It's two words. The first word begins with H and the second word begins with S. And heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came down. You got your little homework assignment? Your first assignment tonight is, Father, I want to know you more. And I want you to pray that persistently. You're not going to bother God by praying that a lot. Jesus, teach me to pray. Third one, Holy Spirit, take control of my prayer life. Mm. Oh, let me take you back to Luke 11. Because wouldn't you know it? Jesus actually tells them to ask. Verse 13 of Luke 11. Teach me to pray. Father, I want to know you more. So, it says in verse, 11, verse 13 of Luke 11, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? 
Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Look at that. Asking God is another word for prayer, isn't it? Prayer. Asking. So you got your homework? Father, I want to know you more. Jesus, teach me to pray. Holy Spirit, take control of my prayer life. Because once you start that, it's amazing what happens. And I want to ask Kathy to come and just share briefly a little story of what happened when we went together, the two of us, into the prayer room to pray for an area that mm, probably we might not have wanted to pray for. Well, during COVID, we had lots of time to pray. And um, so we, we felt led to take part in uh, a uh, prayer assignment. Uh, it was prayer and fasting for a couple of weeks, 40 days. And uh, so we set aside our, uh, our spare bedroom as our, our prayer room. And we blue tacked up on the wardrobe, this is our assignment, this is what we're praying for. And the prayer request was to pray for the LGBTQI community and pray for the salvation of the LGBTQI community. We knew lots of people, uh, friends, kids, as well as uh, public figures, we knew lots of people uh, trapped in in that and uh, and we felt drawn to to pray um, normally we wouldn't go together in the past we wouldn't have gone to pray together it would have been doing our separate prayer times but we decided we had time so about nine o'clock in the morning we'd go into the prayer room we'd start with worship and uh, we're not real musical like our team here, so we just used the phone and we had worship songs on there and we would pray, uh, play the, the worship songs and sing along to them. And, uh, and then we would be guided by the Holy Spirit as to how we were to pray each day. And um, it was uh, like... Uh, uh, taking a student into the prayer room because Matthew was new at this, if I can say that nicely. And normally, um, yeah, he, he does things different to me. We're different personalities, totally, totally. So it was kind of a little bit embarrassing, but it was, uh, I knew that I had to teach him without telling him that I'm, I'm the teacher, I'm the leader. I, I couldn't tell him that, but that's what it was. Anyway, each morning I would wake up and the Lord had shown me the first thing that we were to do. It was either the first song that we were to sing and then the next one he would show me and the next one as we did it. So I had to do the first one and then he'd show me the next one and etc. etc. Um, Matthew would see up on the, the wardrobe door, oh, we're going to do this, we're praying for this today, because uh, we'd get a few emails from the thing that we signed up to. 
And he would just, well, let's just get into it. Let's just go. Let's just pray. Wait, 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 wait. We've got to worship. Just whoa back. And, um, and that was really hard for you, wasn't it? You're a doer. You're an achiever. You, you know, don't like sitting for too long. And, but we had to get, you know, enter into the presence of God. And to enter the presence of God, you have to prepare your hearts. And praise and worship is a wonderful way of preparing your hearts before you can go into the, the presence of God with your requests. So one particular morning, um, the Lord said to me to, to get a, a camping table that we had out the back and, um, and stick paper over the top of it. I had lots of different colored bits of paper. I didn't have one big sheet of paper. So I put little bits of paper on top, covered the whole top of the camp table. Then I was to leave it just flat on the floor. So I walked in with this table and Matthew saw all the colored bits of paper and he said, oh, you've got a boat there. Said, no, it's just random bits of paper. Put it down on the floor and we were went into worship and Matthew's itching to, we we're going to pray. Wait, 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 keep worshiping. Because we had to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by our own head, you know. The time's ticking away, we've got to get through this. No, we had to just be led by the Holy Spirit. So while we were worshiping, the Lord said to me, just quietly in my head, he said, uh, write down on the paper the names of all those people that you know who are involved in the gay lesbian community. Well, we knew that, uh, you know, the, yeah, we knew all sorts of public personalities, TV personalities, politicians, business people, wrote all those down. And uh, friends, kids, family members wrote the names down. And then all of a sudden, Matthew starts scribbling away there. And I'm thinking, what on earth is he doing? I'm having a look and I can't read what he's scribbled. Um, it looked Chinese. He's never learned Chinese. But anyway, it was a scribble. And then another one and another one. And, um, and then he's writing a family tree. You know a family tree? You have, you know, mum and dad up here and then you have lines coming down. There were no names. It was just this family tree of lines and then an arrow that said this one. So I went down a few levels of a family tree, a few branches, and said this person. Now we have no idea whose family tree it was. We have no idea whether they're Australian, no idea. The languages Matthew wrote were Greek. Doesn't know any of those. Anyway, there's a whole lot of squiggles. Somebody's name, don't know anything about it. That was just what he was given. And um, 
And he's saying, well, can we pray now? And I'm, wait, wait, because it's the Holy Spirit leading us. So um, we, after the worship time, we felt that the Lord had stuff to deal with us in our own hearts first, that we couldn't pray until we repented or confessed our wrong attitudes, our bad words, our judgment, our lack of care or compassion, all of those things the Lord was just touching us and saying, you, you don't carry my heart in this area. And we knew we didn't. So the two of us knelt down on the carpet together and, uh, and we said, well, Lord, we, we don't carry your heart. We, we have all these negative attitudes, negative feelings, spoken out negative words, and um, we find it hard to love. All these names that we've written here, we, we just don't carry your heart. Please forgive us. And we were weeping by this time. The Lord was breaking us so he could use us. So then we got back to the, the, the table with the colored pieces of paper. And you know, it suddenly looked like a boat. All the blue paper was kind of around the bottom here like water. And there seemed like this boat. And the Lord said to us, that's my love boat. Put the names in the boat. Do you remember the love boat, the show? The, it was a cruise boat years ago. That's my love boat. And, you know, we had this revelation, and, and it was only from the Lord because we wouldn't have thought of it ourselves. But he gave us re this revel revelation that uh, the scripture says that he is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to eternal life. And when you read the story of um, Noah and the flood, where the whole earth is wiped out except Noah and his family members, it says afterwards, the Lord put that rainbow in the sky because he vowed never to do that again. I think it, I can't prove this, but I think it broke his heart. And he was breaking our heart. You know, each of those people that perished were loved and created by him. And... Uh, we couldn't pray for their salvation until we had the same love. And he said to us, put their names in my love boat. Because he, he does want to rescue each one. He does want to, uh, them to know how much he loves each one. And uh, he had to teach us that first before we could pray and intercede powerfully or effectively. And just the other day, on my little postscript, we prayed for three weeks and fasted. 
And that was COVID, so that was probably three, three years ago. Yeah, and I've just read something in a prayer email recently about revival, like the Jesus, the Jesus Revolution movie. Re revival is taking place amongst the gay community in in America currently. And I thought, oh, how exciting! How exciting! Um, and actually, one other thing: the the man who started this prayer and fasting for the uh, the event that we took part in was challenged one Sunday when he was up preaching in church. And I don't know what he was preaching about, but a young man stood up at the back of the church and, and, and said to him, you say that, um, that we're you know, to change. You, you say that we're to, uh, uh, to, to abandon this, but you are powerless to set us free. And I think that is a real word for the church today that we can accuse and judge and say it's wrong, but do we have the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit because of our great love for this community to minister? And, um, and that's, that's our challenge. So why did we tell you that story? because you need to know, and I have to warn you, that intercession will cost you. Now in that picture, who was the one who interceded on behalf of the whole world? Who, who was that person's name? Uh, did it cost him? Uh-huh. And does he live in you now? Uh-huh. So the ministry of intercession will cost you. Do you have God's heart for Albury Wodonga? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.